This is Bridges of Hope with your host, John Matuthle, a renowned motivational speaker and cultural intelligence coach, facilitator, and bridge builder. This is Bridges of Hope, building bridges that connects destinies. Good evening, everyone. Uh, it's such a privilege hosting this session in conjunction with Pastor John and Cecile all the way from um, Senecal and for everyone joining on the webinar and also to the listeners. Um, we really pray that this session tonight will be actually hosted by the Holy Spirit, by God our Father, His Father's heart for restoration and, and through the blood of, of His Son Jesus Christ that we can be taught today in truth and love on the principles of healing and restoration, specifically in in families and children's lives and, the, and how it impacts communities, but specifically from a perspective of healing the brokenness in marriages and how we're going to deal with it. Um, and, and from a, a sharing and a conversational point of view today, just to really hear what God's heart is in this time that, that we're in. Um, so the format of the session will be um, Pastor John and Cecile sharing their life stories and their testimony and also then the sound doctrines with specific reference to honor and the type of wounds that we have and then the restoration part of that. Um, after that, we will go into a, a conversation or a discussion where we start sharing maybe our stories or testimonies or our thoughts. But I think it's important that we hear God's truth about restoration. So the healing and the restoration part, I think, is very important. Um, so I think before we do anything further, I would just like for Pastor John to open for us in prayer, and then we can, yeah, we can start the session. We're very excited to have everyone here this evening. Pastor John. Thank you so much, uh, my sister. Um, let, let us open with prayer. Father, we thank you lord this evening we thank you for moments like this that are so priceless lord that you can share your heart with us and as you share your heart with us lord you are empowering us because your heart holy spirit is really empowering and i want to thank you lord for each and every one of us connecting to this grace that you have released this evening, Lord. And I know that we are living in a broken country and we are dealing with brokenness in families and even in our own personal lives. But Lord, we trust in you because we know that the true healing and the true hope only rest with you. And we ask you, Holy Spirit, that you will guide us. Um, we don't know who this message is going to reach and where they are in their lives and how the impact that this is going to have on them. But we leave that Holy Spirit in your hands. We are just instruments, and even as we share our own testimony, let it be something that you can use to your glory. And we thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much. So welcome. I would just like to give everyone attending and the listeners a bit of background of how we came here. Um, because up until two weeks ago, I've never heard of, of uh, Pastor John. Um, 
And yeah, he was such an inspiration. So my name is Milani van Aswegen. I'm an attorney in private practice. I've got a passion for children's law. Um, 20, 23 years of experience since I, I started out as a young article clerk. And um, with a real passion for children, I really hope that I could change and impact children's lives. The more I tried to help the children, I had to deal with the adults. Um, the adults came with their own set of uh, interesting <laughs> scenarios because that's when I realized we, we work with broken people and hurt people, unfortunately, hurt people. Then I realized I would like to help the families turned into a mediation practice where we really try to um, yeah, keep families out of the court system because the court system is extremely harsh for children. It's a very destructive environment. And luckily, the Children's Act is written in such a way that it, it tries to keep children out of court. So that was also not effective as I hoped it would be. I realized that we're sitting with social workers as part of the situation. They overwhelmed, overworked. And then I started understanding the socioeconomic circumstances of families. And the picture just became broader and broader and broader. And for years and years, I tried to deal with family law from a lawyer's perspective, you know, in terms of right and wrong and what the law says. And, and as as we carry on with our own way of doing things like Frank Sinatra says, I did it my way, I realized that nothing was actually working. It was completely ineffective. To the point where burnt out and broken, I had to resurrender everything to God. From the practice and also from a marital point of view, because my own marriage broke down and I've been through a divorce, I've been the mom to two stepkids and also understood where all of us came from, the kids, my ex-husband and myself. So that being said, Gulette um, and I are actually running a training company where we try to empower social workers. But that is not even good enough, as I said, because training the social workers, we're still sitting in a broken legal system. So the more I realized how broken everything is, the more it became apparent that God is the only solution for families and for communities, for a country, for a continent and for a world. So Saturday, I think two weeks ago, I attended a, a wonderful event in George where John was the speaker together with um, Arnu Fanikar. And there he touched my heart with his physical and spiritual and emotional teaching of, of um, honor, how to honor. And, and he said at that session, if we leave him, he will spend the whole day teaching on honor. And I just thought this opportunity cannot be passed by. I was so touched by the Holy Spirit in that session with the physical demonstration of honor that I understood that this is a big, big key that God wants to give to us to start building bridges in a broken world. And John and I started speaking about let's do a Zoom session so that he can actually teach us on honor. So I think this is going to be an introductory session um, we won't have time, I think, to delve deeply in it. So I would like everyone just to, to share in this, and then we can maybe schedule more sessions to really go into depth and really get to the full healing that God wants. So um, I'm now going to hand over to John and Cecile and just say thank you for being here today. Thank you for your time. We want to honor you 
as a husband and a wife team working together in ministry. And may God also bless you and every word that you speak. And may your footsteps just take territory back to, to the Lord's kingdom. So thank you for that. And John, we're just going to, yeah, to just give it over to you and say, may you and the Holy Spirit and Cecile have a blast. We can't wait to hear what, what the message is tonight. Oh, thank you so much, Melani. Um, this is an incredible, incredible time that we're living in. Um, you know, everywhere the Lord gives me an opportunity, I always highlight the fact that the brokenness that we're experiencing everywhere in our country, you know, even in families, is an opportunity for us to experience a miracle, is an opportunity for healers to you know, to be raised in communities, in our nation, even in the families. Because, you know, I'm always reminded of the ministry of Jesus. You know, he never performed the miracle if there was no need for for the miracle to, to be performed. In fact, um, some of the Pharisees came to him and said, come on, put up a show for us. He refused because, you know, the need really, really reveals God. And sometimes... I believe that God allows, you know, for especially us human beings to come to the end of ourselves so that he might be revealed and then he might be given the glory. So um, as much as it's so painful, because, I mean, um, it's not easy to live in these times. It's very painful. You know, it hurts you emotionally. It hurts you in the pocket. You know, it hurts you all, every time when you see the brokenness in our communities. But I always take joy and courage in the fact that this is the time that the church, the true church can be revealed and we can be the light and we can be the salt. So when I see crisis, I rejoice. Like Paul said, you know, I'm going to Jerusalem and they said, hey, they're going to they, they're going to put you in prison. They're going to bind you and say, listen, that's where I'm going. And I really believe that we need to be excited um, because, I mean, when can you best see the light if not during the darkness? So I'm very excited about this. Um, let me introduce myself officially. My name is John Matuche, and um, I'm very blessed with this beautiful, beautiful queen and, and wife of mine, Cecilia Matuche, and we live here in Senegal, and we are blessed with um, a very beautiful family. I always say I'm the most richest man in the world because I'm blessed with six children. Can you believe it? <laughs> yes, six children, six children running around. Um, Praise is our eldest daughter. She's 22 years old. Um, she finished school and she's also working with me in the organization that I'm I'm heading up here in Senegal. And we've got um, Johnson, and he's, he's he's going up now to you know. Women are always good with the age, so I'm gonna leave that. Uh... <laughs> yeah, and then we've got okay. Hello, good evening. My name is Cecilia Matuse. Yes, um, and then our second yeah. is Johnson. Uh, he is uh, 15 years. And then we also have Desire Retabile. She is uh, also 15 years. And then. But they're not twins. They are not twins. We'll explain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then we, yeah. we have Zoe. 
Zoe, she is 12 years. And then we have Junior. Junior is um, 11 years. And then we have uh, the busy, the busy. So oh, no. Yeah, the little one. The little one, three years. So, yes, we are a soccer team. Some people call us a soccer team and some people call us a, a church. <laughs> um, but listen, we are really enjoying them. We're so grateful to God for, for each and every one of our children. We're very passionate about our children. And, and, and you know, they are actually the, the ministry that God has given us. You know, before you can... Um, um, be a leader in the church before you can be a pastor. You are called to be a father in your house and it must work in the home. And, um, you know, we also went through, both of us, we went through a divorce. And out of that, um, you know, a ministry was born. And 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 that's why we, we, we love doing what we are doing. And we've got a, a family ministry called Tulo Family Consulting. Uh, focusing on parenting and marriage and also divorce care, um, trauma. And, you know, and that is, that is the heart that God has given us, um, to bring healing in our communities. And the scripture that always, you know, um, the Lord called us and always encouraged us is the scripture in the book of Isaiah. And I know most of us, we know this scripture in Isaiah 61 3. Um, where the, the, Jesus says, you know, the Lord has, has anointed me, you know, to bring the good news. And, um, and, and I like it. And verse three said to bestow on them the crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning and the garment of praise instead of the spirit of despair. And, and I mean, this is, this is the heart of God. I'm talking about. Um, a broken community, talking about a broken family, the heart of God through Jesus Christ who went to the cross is to actually provide hope, is to provide that healing, is to bring the restoration, especially in the families. You know, we learned the hard way uh, when we went through our, our divorce um, that, you know, family is everything. and And that's why God God's heart is for is for is for the families, for the children, is for the, you know the mom and the dads, and and it's such a privilege that out of this ash that we had to go through, you know, we call our experience our own ash, and out of that, you know, God birthed a ministry that is not only a, a became a healing to us but also it's becoming a blessing and healing to others. And, you know, it's, the scripture is so prophetic and it's so true um, that this is the promise that now we are experiencing. So I'm involved in, in so many um, uh, um, organizations or ministries or movement, but everything that I'm involved in has to do with healing, has to do with restoration, and and it's such a blessing that you know I can be part of that. So Tulo Family Consulting, um, she's running that for us as a family ministry because this is something also that is very close to our heart, especially focusing on parenting. We're living in a society where you know people are talking about 
um, fatherlessness, you know, that we've got a problem of fatherlessness in our society. And somebody also challenged me the other day and said, we also have the problem of motherlessness because now we've got a career, you know, career women and people who are pursuing their careers. And, and we actually living in a society that I called parentless, you know, um, there is a lack of godly parenting. Um, especially in the community that we are serving in Senegal here, we're actually focusing a lot on broken families, um, you know, broken communities. So you find a lot of kids really growing up without proper parenting. And uh, I mean, uh, you have to also realize the reality that we have in South Africa that you know, the majority of mothers are children themselves, you know, because of the teenage pregnancy. So they've never been taught well, you know, how to how to parent and how to bring up children in a, in the right way. Yes. And 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 talking about uh, those those um, mother motherless um, uh, kids that are growing in our society, uh, you find that they they didn't have mothers to walk. Uh, the journey with, yeah. and then now because of that, then the, the the teenage pregnancy happened, and then they 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 don't know uh, how to to mm-hmm. take care of the of these kids because they they mm-hmm. were never been taken. Yeah, they don't have a blueprint. So sure. it, it becomes even mm-hmm. more worse mm-hmm. difficult for for the kids that are that are born in in, in those situations. Sorry, if I can just dance with you in the moment and share, because I think one thing that I'm very afraid of is that there's cultural uh, connotations to motherlessness and fatherlessness, thinking it's only a black problem or a white problem, or a because it's it reaches every sphere of society. I mean, we grew up in a very average household, but my mom had bipolar depression, and she struggled to take care of me as a baby. Because of her depression, she was actually absent. So I suffered a lot of emotional neglect, not physical neglect per se, but emotional neglect. So it's not even teenage pregnancies that cause us to be motherless. It's things like mental health issues. Parents struggling with their mental health also cause them to be absent. Yeah. So just sharing from that perspective as well, because I really want to emphasize the point. It's not just fatherlessness. It's not, it's fatherlessness, motherlessness across all cultures. Definitely. definitely. No, it's so true. And what we have also found, and I I think uh, when the Lord challenged me, I also, part of my training is community development and, and, and all those things. And that's why I'm involved in that space. And um, when the Lord challenged me um, about the family, uh, because we're always thinking, you know, you have to do something about crime, you have to do something about, um, you know, the lawlessness in communities and all these things that are, you know, the social ills. And and you need to have programs, how you're going to tackle that. And we neglect the family. And in particular, we neglect the parenting, because it's not all the household that has got a, a father and a mother at the same time, but you do have children, you do have, you know, a generation that is growing in that environment. 
and 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 most of 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 the problems that we have the social ease that we 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 you know is part of our challenge is stemming from that lack of proper parenting and that's where i really felt just god i mean i've been doing this and trying to solve these three by cutting the branches and the lord said you have to go down to the root and the root is the family and exactly the journey that god has taken you through uh, milani is the same journey that god has taken us because god says you know if you neglect the family unit there's nothing you're going to build because god when god was getting ready to build something and to sustain stuff that he has created he had to set up a family and that's where it all began so yes let's dig into it um i think um what we've been also been praying a lot about this and this is our first time in fact uh, that we you know we have to share a little uh, a bit of our experience in terms of our relationship and you know our background where we're coming from and i was telling my wife and i said you know god has got a, a sense of humor because when we started um receiving the vision we also have the the divorce and the trauma as part of that um but we never had an opportunity that we can share some of our experience so this is actually the first platform that allows us to share that so this is very exciting for us and and what the lord has really taught us uh, sorry my light is going off there we go <laughs> So what the Lord has really um, taught us is that, you know, when we're talking about um, 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 divorce and the wound that is created by a divorce, we we have to look at it at three levels. And I call it, um, you know, three wounds that we pick up from a divorce. And if those three wounds are not healed, and cannot be healed, then, um, you know, a, a person can never wholly uh, recover from, 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 from a divorce. And unfortunately, this is something that, um, you know, we all just trying to work hard, not, you know, to prevent people not going through that. But the reality is that, you know, we've got people that had to go through that. I mean, ourselves, we had to go through that but the Lord also allowed us to learn through that process so that we can also be a blessing to others. And this is, this is just some, some of the personal experiences that we have learned ourselves. And I know, um, yourself and others also, you, you know, you've got, um, experiences and you've got lessons and, and principles that you can share with us. So, and, and what I've learned is that when you have, when you go through a, a, a divorce, you actually have a spiritual wound, which is the first wound that is the most, um, I think is the most important and significant wound that needs to be addressed. Um, you know, your spiritual wound talking about your relationship with God, the covenant that has been dishonored. The second one is, is, is an emotional wound, what I call a personal wound where it's about, you know, I've been betrayed and somebody is actually guilty of that betrayal or I have actually betrayed myself. 
because, you know, depending on the circumstances of the divorce, but there is that emotional and personal wound that that you pick up through that process. And the last one is what I called a social wound, you know, a public wound. What will people say? You know, what is it that the opinion of the society on 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 a divorce, especially the judgment that is also coming from your close friends and the church and the society that you're living in, and all of these things are 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 are, are wounds that we pick up when you go through a divorce, and and and, and I believe that this is uh, probably the reason why the Bible, um, um, you know, God says He hates the divorce. Because I cannot start to even try to <clears throat> describe the pain of going through a divorce. I, I don't think that I will ever experience anything painful as 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 going through a divorce. And that's why I'm so determined um, to really make sure that I, I, I save as much people from falling into that because that is the most painful a pain that one can endure, and 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 I, and and that's why I believe is the is the is the biggest pain because it really hits you on and three levels of your life spiritually, emotionally, and socially. I don't know anything that can that can attack a person um, on on those multiple levels that is your being. I mean, I mean. Your spirituality is who you are. You, your personality, your soul is 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 part of you. You know your friends and your relationships is is what makes you kick. You know God is a God of community, and 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 this is the this has always been the plan of the enemy um, to to really you know attack us on those level. And the best way he can do that is through a divorce. And when you read the Bible and God says, I hate a divorce, and I've always asked myself, you know, why does God say he hates a divorce? You know, could it be because of the, you know, the covenant alone? Um, could it be because, you know, um, that is the first institution that God set up? But then I also realized that, you know, God hates divorce because it it divorce wounds something that God loves. It breaks the family. It breaks the the man, the father. It breaks the woman. It breaks the children. But it also breaks his heart. And it messes up God's plan for the family. And I think once you your eyes open up to that, then you then you you know you you understand it on an on a different level that when god said he hates divorce is because of the pain that it inflicts on 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 the family on god himself but also on the children you know how many children are growing today with the wound of their parents having to go through divorce how many children you know, they are dishonoring marriage. They don't even want to get married because they witness the pain 
that 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 broad and they never want to be part of that and some of them are even say i don't even want to have a child because i'm not going to put my my children through that and and this is this is this is the plan of the enemy and and i think for us milani and so many of 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 others who really receive the grace of god through this um we do have that responsibility to say god how can you use us to bring that healing i don't want my children to go through a divorce and we're going to ex- we're going to talk about that you know how how do we actually cut that case how do we put to stop to the you know you understand because you are you are um in the warfare you know how do you how do you cut the bloodline because you know there are cases on these things and and that's why you need to understand the process of restoration the process of healing because the process of healing and restoration also has to do with your children it's not only about you getting healed but it's also about the ch- your children getting healed but also the children that are not born yet it's about the generation to come that the enemy will not use that against the generation god has got a plan for each and every family and that's why god you know he set up the families um institution not so that we can have fun i love my wife it's always nice you know she's my heart i i, I when she's next to me i bubble you know i i become yeah she fills me up but there is more to our union than just to to have fun and to love each other there's a generation that god is after that is going to be born and is already being you know been given birth to our union and that's why it's so important that we have to deal with the wound of divorce amen <laughs> yeah and and as 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 my husband is speaking now about um uh, the 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 bible uh, that says god hates divorce mm. uh, i think at some point as a as a as a person uh when you go through the divorce um the pain it becomes too much yeah. to a point where you will you will misinterpret the the scripture uh by thinking now that you are going through uh something that god so hates uh you you will even feel you you will even feel like god hates you for 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 what you are going through so i just wanted to add on that uh, uh on that pain that it becomes too much uh, to a point where you feel like Yes, I, I want to no, also jump in here because that's definitely the truth. It it happens because you're now feeling condemned almost because mm-hmm. these wounds cause a lot of condemnation. You failed, you you know, you disappointed God, you couldn't make it. That puts us back into shame, back into the Garden of Eden where we're running away from God, trying to cover it up. Then we don't want to deal with the wound, and then we do the crutch thing, sex, drugs, rock and roll, to to avoid the wound because it's Definitely. very painful to sit with a wound. We would do anything Definitely. to avoid the wound. It's human nature. We, we don't want to go there. And even if we want to heal, we don't always know how to. 
how to go there, how to deal with this wound, how to understand it, how to make sense of it. And that's why teachings like this are so important. People need to understand what is going on, what type of wound it is, how to deal with it. Because people perish for a lack of knowledge and for a lack of true teaching on this. And the condemnation from a spiritual point of view keeps us away from our relationship with God. So it puts you 50 steps further back from the healing. So we need to bring things into the open and speak about God's heart for this, to bring the shame into the light so that it can disperse and we can get close to God's father heart. And grace and the blood. And so, yes, I'm very excited. <laughs> you see, that 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 is correct, Melanie. That is actually the plan of the enemy. Because um, the enemy wants to to inflict that wound because that wound gives him a foot um, foothold. It becomes an opening in one's life. And you can see it. I mean, we've got so many, so many kinds of wounds. Um, that people are carrying. And you can see that those wounds to the enemy is like a a door that the enemy comes in. And once he comes in with one wound, one wound can give birth to so many wounds. And just the other day we were talking when we were there in George about some of the political wounds that, you know, uh, some leaders are carrying. And to say, but did it it actually start there? If you trace it, you'll find that no, it actually started in the home. So this person is the way he is today. He's got so many wounds because the enemy thrives on the wounds. So I like when you use the example of the Garden of Eden. That is exactly what happened. You know, God gave a law like a marriage. It's, It's a covenant between God and two people is actually God's covenant because marriage is God's idea. It's not um, a man's idea. It was God's idea for generation, for the purpose that God has for generation that will be born out of the marriage. So when, when a divorce takes place, a dishonoring happens a dishonoring to the covenant, the covenant is compromised. And when the covenant is compromised, then you're sitting with a dishonorable wound. And that's what I call it. You know, is a that spiritual wound is a is a spirit of this is the wound of dishonor. And that is that that dishonoring wound is exactly what the enemy uses to frown upon God. And and you were so right when you said, you know, because we lack knowledge, we we immediately when you have that wound, that relationship is compromised. And, you know, number one, you feel that your relationship with God is questioned. You wonder about what God is thinking about you, especially if you're a child of God and you have to go through that. Um, and you know what God says about divorce in his word, you know, the first thing that comes is, oh, my goodness. Now I don't know what God thinks about me. And that is the doubt that the enemy plants. It's the same strategy that he used in the Garden of Eden. After they have disobeyed, 
Now they are questioning with God. They are standing with God. They are not sure anymore about how God really feels about them. And now they feel empty. They feel that sense of shame. You know, the guilt comes in and the fear comes in and then they run away because now they can't face the same God that they used to face, you know? <laughs> so they move away from that position that God has established them where they were walking in freedom and they were walking in love in the presence of God. But now they are now removed from that place. So they are in the place of shame. And that's where the enemy want all of us to be. And that's where I actually personally felt. I mean, I felt disempowered. I felt, how can this happen? I mean, God, I even questioned God to say, God, why didn't you do something? Because, you know, that's the plan of the enemy. He wants you to, he wants you to blame somebody. Even though you know you made a decision, uh, or even if you didn't make a decision, the other person made a decision, but you, you always say, but God, how can you allow this to happen? How do you feel about me now that I'm divorced? And then the enemy start to, you know, um, as they did in the Garden of Eden, you know, the Bible says they took the thick um, branches and leaves and trying to hide their, their, their emptiness and their nakedness. And that is exactly how you feel. You really feel you are naked. You are naked before God. Um, if you stand before God, you don't know what God is thinking about. You're not sure about his love anymore. You're not sure about his promises. And, you know, you just go into this down, downward spiral of emotion. And, 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 and that's exactly what the enemy wants. He wants to drive you further from the presence of God, further from the love of God further from the you know the grace of god and 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 that is the thing and then people start to say you know how do i how do i fill up this this void in my in my spirit you know how do i how do i cover this wound and you know we know a lot of people that even went to the extreme you know people after a divorce, they they started to experiment with all sorts of things, you know, substance abuse. Some people, you know, went into alcoholism and some people, you know, just went berserk, you know, slipping around and doing all sorts of things. And people don't understand why is this person behaving the way they behave. It's because there is a spiritual wound. They don't even want to go to church anymore. And it's not so much about the people in the church. It's really about God. Their identity is, is questioned. Yeah. Amen. So how do we, how do we come to a place where we heal from that spiritual wound of a divorce? Number one, I think we need to acknowledge that this is a dishonorable wound that divorce is seen. And I know there are people who are trying to justify it, especially those, you know, who knows the Lord. And that's very dangerous to go that 
to that extreme because the Bible is very clear. There's never going to be a time where a divorce will be right. As anything else that the Bible has actually said, this is a sin. God is never going to change and say no because, you know, is the pastor who goes through a divorce, is, is a worship singer or is somebody that says he's a child of God is going to, through a divorce. Now I'm just going to change it and, and give it something else. Oh, because, okay, uh, you, have, you, you, you have your reasons. Okay, yeah. I understand your reasons. No, nothing Justify. justifies the divorce, no matter what is the reason behind. Yeah, and that is very important. Um, I think that is the first step for us to begin to honor God. Because if we have dishonored God through divorce, it doesn't really matter who divorced who. I mean, we're not going to go into the nitty gritties of that. But if we have dishonored the covenant, it's very important that we need to acknowledge that. And, you know, the Bible says God is a God of hearts. He's looking at the heart. And, you know, when you have, when you have dishonored God, you have to come defenseless before him. And that is so important. You have to come defenseless before him. It should not be about the other person. It should not be about you know, um, the reasons why we actually divorce. Because I can tell you, there's a lot of people who can give you very good uh, reasons. I've got very good reasons that I can tell you guys. <laughs> if you ask me, I mean, John, why did you go through that? I can tell you, I can try to, to convince people. But can you really convince God? You can't convince God. I mean, when you come up against the word of God, it really breaks you. You have to be defenseless. And that is, that is why repentance is very important. Repentance and confession before God. And, and I see a lot of people trying to, um, you know, overstep and overlook this process. People want to fix things between them and other people, you know, me and my friends and, you know, me and my church and, and, and me and my partner and me and other people. But people don't realize that it's so important to bring that wound before God and allow him to heal that wound because you acknowledge that God, I have been in sin. And, and, and the way you do that, I mean, I mean we've got so many uh, scriptures that, we, that the Bible has given us. I mean, one of the scriptures is, 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 is this scripture. Let me just quickly um, uh, look it up. I actually have it here. I mean, this is, this is, this is for me one of the best um, scriptures. Oh, you know, this is the problem of of using your phone for, for scriptures. <laughs> well, while you're looking for that scripture, <clears throat> I want you to start thinking about the question I'm going to throw at you. Being an attorney, yeah. when you say defenseless before God, it's almost like something in us stands up and says, but, yeah. 
But Lord, in a court case, this is the reason why. This is, and especially if at that time, people are still emotional about it. Sure. You justify, you are betrayed, yeah. you are hurt, you are, that is the reality. The truth is the covenant was broken. That's truth. But reality is what I was hurt, I was betrayed. And I think that is the, the contradiction. Yeah. The two the two things are actually pulling against each other. You need to stand yeah. Yeah. judgeless. What is the word again? Defenseless. But actually, you've got a legal defense. And I think that's where people get stuck. Yes. It's really a point of being stuck. And I'm so glad we're having this conversation because if you speak that spiritual truth that although wrong was done to me, yeah. the divorce is still defenseless. It's actually such a profound sentence that I've never been confronted with. Sure. And sure. it's something we need to process. I, I'm saying like Colette and I, we're standing as attorneys. And I think that Antoinette and, and everyone, social workers, you know, Victoria, if the yeah. people come to you from a very defendable position, abuse, narcissism, how do you then advise them? Hmm. So I want you to ponder that and we can maybe talk about that later because that's the pool that I'm yeah. experiencing when I hear you say there's no defense against divorce and then there's these physical, real things that happen. And I'm so glad that you're going to clarify it for us today to make sense of that. No, definitely, especially uh, when we're talking about spiritual, um, in the spiritual sense, it, it is definitely something because I can promise you um, uh, um uh, for an example, when I when I had to go out of um, my marriage, when I had to go through a divorce, I I actually had two options. It's either I can use the evidence that I have to justify my, you know, my reasons why I need to go to the because I I really had those reasons. I mean, I had them in black and white. I had the evidence, or else I can just say, God, I'm going through this process and I know that this is against your will and I need your grace. I don't know any way to handle this. And if you're going to allow, if, if you're going to give me grace to keep the marriage, Lord, I will celebrate that. I'm not sure if we've got a bit of a, a glitch with the signal and connectivity. I see, Antoinette, that you say it's about being humble before God. So I think while we're waiting for them, maybe you can share your thoughts on this. Hello, everyone. Um, first of all, I also want to just add on what Milani said. That statement was really a big revelation for me at this stage now. Also, Milani knows I'm also in ministry while working full-time, full so I have the same challenges with people coming to me after going through a very complicated divorce, thanks to Milani sorting it out for me. But um, that question that, 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 that you, you gave to, to John to ask is, is something that I'm actually being faced with 
on a daily basis at this stage with people knowing I'm in ministry and also going through a divorce. And I also don't know what to say because my, my flesh wants to say, if you're being, you know, yes, you're being abused. If you get, well, you know what I went through. So, you know, your flesh wants to say, you know, get rid of him, do what you need to do, run away as far as you can. But then also you need to address the spiritual part, like John said. Um, and, and the sad part is, is, is that's not being preached today. That's not being taught today is that, that, that you need to address the spiritual part. And, and after my divorce was finalized, I had to go through that repentance journey and I had to also go and investigate my heart and I know I also had fault in in the many things and I could have addressed things in many ways but through the anger and the hurt it actually yes you justify your decisions and you justify things you say but I've I've learned humbleness in a different level after going through what I went through and to, to be able to say to people, I understand what you're going through in the world, in your flesh. I do. I really do. But you need to understand the spiritual part of it and your accountability to actually go through that repentance process and get that spiritual healing. Um, I got the same revelation after I went through what I went through that John got now so I can actually stand in agreement with what he's saying. Um, but our world is so broken. Um, and like you say, our laws are, are are rigid, and we are actually we think we are we are protected, but it's so complicated to actually be protected at the end of the day. Um, and that's where faith comes in. And if it wasn't for my faith, I don't think I would have survived what I went through. Um, but yeah, the spiritual part of it it's exceptional, and to be able to stand on on a forum like this where we can build each other up. And, and, and give revelational knowledge as we go through our journeys. I mean, this is fellowship on another level. And from here, we just can go from strength to strength to, to advocate to people what, what we need to do on a spiritual level. Absolutely, Antoinette. It's very important what you said. And I think the, the challenge is it's almost easy discussing this now from a spiritual point of view if you know and have God in your life. Although you feel guilty, you know, we, we at least have that knowledge of God and we want to have a relationship with him. And there is, But there's some people, and most of them, don't have a relationship with God. They're not interested in having a relationship with God. And I think that's where the challenge for me comes in, in dealing with society. Because, you know, if it's difficult dealing with it with knowledge of God, how on earth do people get healed if they don't believe in God and if they don't understand these spiritual principles, because um, we know that the spiritual exactly. principles is the truth and, and that's the reality, but how to con convey these principles to people that does not have a spiritual backdrop to catch them. Yeah. Yes. And, and you know, how, how I've been faced with so many people that are actually Christians that after all these wounds, have actually turned away from God because they are convinced that the hurt comes from God. And when you preach the, you know, it's the devil that steals, kills and destroys. It's not God. Mm -hmm. And then you get that question from, you know, but, but, but God allowed it, but mm -hmm. yes, there's a bigger purpose behind it. Yes. You have still have to repent, but there's a bigger mm -hmm. purpose why you have to go through what you went through. Your mess becomes your message at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and then we, you know, we have to deal with, we have to deal with those wounds. It, 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 Otherwise, yes. you're going to hurt the next person. And yeah. if God sends another person, which might might be, you know, the one that he wants you to be with, 
if you don't deal with these wounds, you are going to destroy each other just all over the place. What I say to my clients in mediation specifically is that even though you don't believe in these principles, it's like gravity. If you're going to walk off the roof, you're going to fall. If you don't deal with these wounds, you're going to repeat it because you change the partner, but you keep the problem. So, you know, and if people try to do it their own way with the justified reasons, without God, they're going to keep on falling in the same traps and eventually, and I think that's where I agree with John, it's in the real darkness that uh, Colette always says, you know what, rock bottom has a basement. And sometimes it's in that basement that God can actually come and reveal himself to you because nothing else worked. The psychologists didn't work. Your marriage counselors didn't work. The drugs didn't work. The sex didn't work. Nothing actually made it better. And then it's when God can come into his grace and um, and deal with us. Um, John, you guys were gone and Antoinette and I just had a discussion to say, you know, at, at the end of the day, it's it's very difficult to deal with a divorce, understanding spiritual principles. How much more difficult for clients or people or family members that don't have a spiritual knowledge of God or any of these principles? And that's when I said, you know, sometimes it's a drop bottom then when God will meet with them. And, um, yeah, I just want to jump in. And then I also see, I think it's Victoria that said, I heard the pastor say that there is no reason that can justify divorce. I don't know where in the Bible where the Lord said that you can divorce only if you find him in, in adultery. And I think even when there is adultery, which is then a, a, which we might see that you'll get out of jail card from a biblical point of view. Okay, so now luckily he cheated on me. So now I can get the divorce. What about the fact when there is no justifiable cause? Um, and I think even with the, the justification of adultery, the covenant is still broken. Yeah, yeah. That's, I think, the bottom line that I'm hearing from John. It's a defenseless breaking of a covenant. The covenant was broken, irrespective of guilt or no guilt. I think what is important, because remember, we, we're talking about healing. And, and when, you, when you focus on the healing, you, you, you can't really heal if you, if you justify. I mean, even Jesus made it very clear. Uh, I don't want us to get into the theological you know, uh, stuff on that. But he made it clear, he says, you know, Moses actually said that because of the heart of your hearts. And, and, and that's the thing, you know, it's very important that um, for us to be able to heal, we, we definitely need to have a defense, defenseless approach when we, when we come to God. Because, I mean, um, for, for, for me, um, the divorce, in a way, derailed the plan of God, you know, unless, unless one feels that, you know, um, this was, this was, um, you know, you, you do get those evil marriages where there were, there were covenants that were not of God. Um, I don't want to go into that, but today we, we're focusing on the healing because if we can talk, if we want to focus on other stuff, then it's going to derail us from what we want to say. But for me, what is important is one needs to acknowledge that a covenant is broken and for 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 that healing to happen between you and god 
you really need to come to that place where you honor God for the dishonoring that has happened. And I mean, this is the conversation that you have with those spiritual people, people who understand these principles. Um, I was talking to my wife um, when we were preparing this, and I said, you know, um, the reason why Adam and Eve could not say to God, forgive us, is because there was no lamp that was slaughtered for them to access that forgiveness. I mean, that was not even a question in the Garden of Eden. I mean, God just came on them and then he pronounced the judgment and then that was it. You know, after that, then, you know, there was other means to try to restore that relationship, but it was like that. Jesus had not died in the Garden of Eden, but we're sitting with a different situation now where you have a curtain opened through Christ. There is a lamp between us. So there's, there's, there's no need to really um, be healed from, from that wound, that spiritual wound, because, I mean, as the scripture says in, in the book of John, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from unrighteousness. You know, God is faithful, but the enemy doesn't want us to access that, uh, you know, uh, um, that, that forgiveness. He doesn't want us to know that there is a way out for you to actually to be healed from this. And you cannot access forgiveness if you don't feel that you need to ask for forgiveness. And I mean, I'm talking about uh, people like Nehemiah. I mean, here is this guy. Uh, minding his business, really trying his best to to walk the right way. And even though he's in captivity and he hears about the broken walls in Jerusalem, what does he do first? He goes to God and he repents. He repents on behalf of the people. He repents on behalf of the family. He even repents on the behalf of, I'm not the one who actually wanted the divorce, but the divorce happened. And, and I mean, that's something that we need to grasp. We, we cannot be arrogant about um, stuff like this. We really need to be humble in our hearts, open our hearts and say, God, we have dishonored you in any way. Because I can tell you, in a marriage, um, it takes two to tango. I mean, you can't. It takes really two people to to make that marriage or to break that marriage. Um, maybe sometimes it's just one person who pressed the red button. You know, he says, "Listen, I'm 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 out." But people don't wake up and want to leave. You know, and 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 how do you administer the healing to somebody that feels that? You know, their, their, their identity in Christ has been compromised. You have to lead that person into a place where they can honor God. And that's where honoring comes. Because when we begin to honor God for what God has created, for the purpose that he has created that for, and we say, God, we we understand that we have been actually part of something that has derailed your plan. 
the Bible says God is faithful to forgive us. And the second thing, when we ask for forgiveness and we repent, we come to God defenseless. The second thing we need to accept and receive that forgiveness and walk in that forgiveness. Because a lot of people, they keep on asking God to forgive them, but they don't want to accept the forgiveness. Because somehow, and and, and I, I, I really, I'm saying this from experience. I mean, we are not psychologists. We're not, um, you know, we're not professional people in terms of counseling. I think they, they can be people who can give more details into this. But we really speak from the experience and from the revelation of what God gave us on the journey. And, you know, there was, there was actually that time where you, you feel like you just want to do it over and over, just, just saying, God, forgive me. And until the Holy Spirit says, are you now insulting God? Are you now saying that the scripture that says when God is faithful to forgive your sins, if you come before him with your heart open, are you saying that God, you, you're calling God a liar now? Are you saying God was lying? He's actually, you know, he's, he's actually, not, he's going to think about it. He's going to think about whether he should let you off the hook <laughs> Or is he actually, has he actually provided that? And that also opened a whole new revelation. Because now you go to um, what did happen actually on the cross? What did actually happen there? Was it a once-off event for the people who were there, who witnessed what happens there when Jesus says, forgive them for they do not know what they do? You know, when when Jesus says it was finished, was it also finished as far as my generation? Was my sin also included in the blood of Jesus washing the sins? And if you look at the cross in that way, that what you are already asking is has already been provided for you, but the access was your honoring. Coming before God, crawling before him and saying, Father, like the prodigal son, he said, I will, I will stand up. I will wake up. And the first person I will go, if I want to receive my healing, I will go to my father and say, Father, forgive me for I have wronged you. He took a step. He took a step. He took a decision. Yes, mm-hmm. because he realized that by by my decision, I have actually, uh, you know, I have actually dishonored my father, and 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 the answer is how the father responded to him when he saw him, and and I think uh, um, there's profound principles in this. You can already see that the prodigal son is coming with the mindset like, yeah, I don't think he's gonna forgive me. I, I don't think he will even allow me to come close to him. And those are the feelings that you go through when you're picking up that spiritual wound. I don't think that God loves me the same way he used to love me. You know, what if he rejects me? But what I, what I honor and respect about the prodigal son, he kept on walking towards his father. The devil kept on whispering in his, in his ears, 
it's not going to work, maybe not today, but he kept on walking. He kept on walking by faith. And guess what happened? When the father saw him, he embraced him. And I think with this you know, story, Jesus was like trying to tell us, there is no way that the father can reject you. If you come back, the father will embrace you. But if you stay where you are, where the enemy actually wants you to stay, you're not going to experience the embrace. And that's what happened with a lot of people. They're missing out on the party. They're missing out on the party because the enemy is locking them up in, in guilt, in the sense of guilt, condemnation, shame, you know, um, justification. I did not do anything. He's the one who wanted the divorce. He actually the one who cheated on me. And I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm off. But the question is, are you healed? Yes, I hear you can justify, but are you healed? Are you walking in the freedom of the forgiveness? Because the forgiveness from the cross, it actually gives you your freedom back. And that's why we can stand here and share our story because we really feel free. And, you know, somebody can ask and said, you know, how, how dare you even, you know, mention that? How dare you even share that? We share that because we've got that freedom. And we know that even though God hated divorce, God is able to turn an ash into a beauty. God is able to use that very same thing that the enemy wanted to steal your destiny and to steal your calling. I mean, imagine if I allow the enemy to steal my, 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 my joy and my freedom and my calling. I wouldn't have been able to do what I'm doing in communities. We wouldn't be able to, you know, to minister to, 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 to these couples and to minister to people who are hurting. But because I received the healing and I believed the healing, I walked into the healing, God restored me. And I think this is probably the most important wound that needs to be healed. Because if you can, if you can heal in the spirit, the rest is very easy. But a lot of people, they struggle with that personal wound, even that social wound, because they still, they're not sure about who they are. You know, they're not sure about their standing with God and they're still doubting, you know, am I still the same um, child of God as, as I used to be? You know, and, and, and I think that is so important that we need to allow God to to deal with that wound, but he can only deal with that wound if we surrender the wound to him. We surrender. How do we surrender the wound to him? By repentance, by confession, but not only confession to God. I mean, as I, as I, as I wrap this one off, not only confession to God, the Bible also says, and I think it's in James, it says, confess your sins to one another so that you may be healed. Yes, and if I may chime in, my yeah. love, uh, talking about 
uh, going back to to God, confessing, uh, asking for forgiveness. Uh, we we normally uh, uh, as people want to jump uh, mm-hmm. uh, at that, going back to God. Mm-hmm. And 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 talk to God, ask mm-hmm. for confess and mm-hmm. ask for forgiveness. forgiveness. Yeah, we we start to to do that mm-hmm. uh, to do that in the society in church. You yeah. want people to you want to restore those relationships. Yeah, you, want, you want them to mm-hmm. understand mm-hmm. You, you your explain, reasons. Yeah, you explain yourself. Yeah, too much, and then. Uh, uh, you do that, but then you get home, it's it, it, you and, and God. God. And then you still feel the emptiness, yeah. although you, you went through that explanation yeah. uh, 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 to the society, but then you still feel mm. the emptiness, you mm. still feel the shame, you still, mm. because you need to start, to start with God. Yeah. It's between you and God first. Mm. And then you go to the society, and then you you don't even have to go to the society mm. because when when you fix your relationship with God, mm. and then you get right, healed, healed, yeah, and then you you start mm. to 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 lift your your shoulders up, mm. you become bold. You leave your you healing. Leave your healing, and then you, you you won't even have to go back to the society yeah. to explain yourself. But they're gonna see the they respond the, 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 to the healed wound. The, yeah, you're gonna become the 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 the, 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 mm. the explanation yourself. Yeah, because if you are healed, then people respond either to your healing or to your wound. And I just wanted to say this before. Um, you know, the Bible says also confess your sins to one another so that you may be healed. And this is, for me, very important because one can say, okay, I've spoken to God and this is what God said and I'm okay. But there are brothers and sisters, people that God has planted in your life, especially if you are, you know, a child of God and you are in that community. There are people that God has planted. And it's so important that one you need to find that person that you can sit down with him and say, or her, and say, listen, um, this is what the Lord is dealing with me about the divorce. And I just want to confess, you know, even before we got married with her, I mean, this is what we had to do. We had to literally confess the, the sin of divorce in our previous marriage. We had to literally have a mentor, somebody that we trusted, that we confessed and we said, we have been in sin. Doesn't really matter. I'm the one who pressed the red button or I'm the one who was left, but we broke the covenant. I was part of the agreement because at the end of the day, you do sign those papers. Isn't it right, Melani? (laughs) You do, you do actually put your, you, you finally put your signature on that paper and you, you can't be defense, uh, 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 defensive about it. And, 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 and when the Bible says, when you speak to one another, you confess to one another and you pray for one another, then the healing <clears throat> will take place. 
And I, I saw that that was so powerful because when we also praying for one another, we not, you can't, you can't only yourself break the curse of, of divorce over your life. But you also have, you need to trust a brother or a sister to speak over your life and to pray over your life and to break that seat and to destroy that seat so that it will, it will not, you know, affect your next journey or even affect your children. And, and that's what we saw a blessing for us coming out because when we humble ourselves, and we did not conceal, we did not conceal the fact that <clears throat> we went through a divorce, but we became open to God, first of all, and then we became open to our brother or the, our brothers and sisters and those people that God has planted in our lives. Then we realized that after that, there was such a blessing of God. God really confirmed his blessing over our family and over our children. And, you know, especially praise as an elder, older uh, daughter from my, from my side. She was very much affected by the divorce. And I was always worried about, you know, how she, her perception towards marriage <clears throat> and towards men and, and, you know, the whole family thing. And how God has actually taken her into that process of healing because she saw that healing in our own lives. And that healing that took place in our lives also brought the healing for her. And that is number one. Number two is that if you justify the divorce, it means you are continuing to dishonor the other partner because how are you going to justify it without dishonoring? Because you're going to continue now to explain yourself to people. I, you know, I left because he did this. Yeah, I left because he's the one or she's the one who did this. And when you continue on that path, you are continuing in dishonoring. And God will never bless a dishonor spirit. And that's why it's very important that we, you know, answering the question, how do we come to a full healing? We come into that healing through honoring God, number one, but also honoring the other partner. And you'll see in most cases, um, in, most, in most divorce cases where the children are also involved, you'll see the other partner will dishonor the other partner to the, to the children. I mean, we deal with that a lot, even amongst the Christians and people who are saying, you know, I'm healed and I, I got through it. But time and again, it's coming up. It's coming up. And what does that? The only thing that brings stuff up is the wound. If something keeps on coming up, then you know there's a wound that is not, that is not healed. And, 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 and that's why I said, you know, when you come before God, you definitely have to be defenseless because this is a spiritual thing. Marriage is a spiritual thing. 
divorce is also a spiritual thing. And I know you guys have to deal with the physical aspect of it, you know, where you have to argue the case of the other partner, you know, to bring that justification so that, you know, it can meet the requirements of the law somehow. But the fact and the truth is both a marriage is a spiritual thing and the divorce is also a spiritual thing. So if you really want to fix the spiritual issue, you need to bring it into the spiritual realm. And for me, it always starts with God. It's got, it starts with being broken before God and being open before God and allowing God to heal you by honoring him. And, and I mean, that's what we are doing now. I mean, doesn't mean that we are doing it perfect, but we're doing it as the Holy Spirit is guiding us. But we, 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 we made a pledge to God that we will honor him with our marriage. That the opportunity that God has given us in this new family, we dedicate ourselves to serve other marriages. And that's why we're focusing on the young couples because that's where the problem is. You know, they, the foundation is not right. So, yes. <laughs> sure. Th this has actually been mind-blowing. My brain goes like from, <laughs> you know, one or two, which sounds like simple sentences, but it's extremely profound. And I think we, I would actually just like to say, I think this is a, a opening conversation. This was literally just an entry-level conversation that has so much more that we need to unwrap and to deal with. Yeah. Um, I would really like to honor you guys for the time and the information, but I really want to ask you if we can yeah. do this again, just even if it's for me personally, um, maybe again in a week or two, depending on your on your schedules, because there's so many things I think that's going to come up and stir in each of our hearts. And then I've got more questions and I'm going to sort of leave them with you because I think there's, we need to discuss this more. So firstly, we have to deal with still the emotional and the society wounds, which we really want to get to. But before that, on a spiritual level, I would really like to know in terms of physical abuse, where it leaves me as an attorney, how to deal with it in line with the principles of God. I would like us to also discuss how to deal with people that do not believe in God, that doesn't, they do not understand these spiritual concepts like we do, how to deal with clients and community partners that do not have a spiritual backdrop. How do we deal with it in, in a secular world? I would also like to know about remarriage. If you can talk to us about remarriage and then fourthly, I would like us to really go into a session about the role of marriage as a model for God's marriage with us, the marriage of the Lamb to us at Revelation and the end time. So I think there's just so many more things that's coming from this, and I would really like to have this conversation as ongoing um, because I think it's it's complex. One session cannot cannot capture a, a quarter of the complexities of this. No, definitely, I agree with you, Melanie. I think uh, we need we need we need more conversations around this. Um, yes, I do appreciate um, you know the time 
um, that we put aside today just to discuss, just to start a conversation, because mm. we would also like to hear, you know, just to get a feedback from you guys, because we're really not coming as expect, because I don't think there's anybody that can really qualify to be an expect. I mean, you know, there's different opinions, but mm. uh, really about the experience and the journey. And um, we will also like to invite some, some couple of people also next time mm. that mm. they can you know, slot in with us and mm. just create that learning community. Yes. Um, we also want to hear, um, you know, how do you deal with it as an attorney? I mean, what are those challenges? I mean, these questions are, are very significant. They are very important. I'm going to ask you also just to send me by WhatsApp so that we can also pray and, you know, uh, start to mm. think about, about them because they are very important about the abuse. Can mm. someone stay in an abusive marriage just because, you know, the Bible's God says, I hate marriage. You know, those things need to be, I mean, I hate divorce. Those things need to be, we need to delve deeper into that. Um, mm. Today it was just, you know, just to say, Especially, I think in the back of our mind, we were actually thinking that the people that we are talking with are people who have been through the divorce and and or people who are dealing with people who are being through the divorce. And to say, you know, how do you actually help these people to heal, you know? And that was kind of our approach. So it was just a one angle approach. But as you said, the, the issue of divorce is so, is so broad and there are so many questions. And once we have those conversations, we start those conversations and those, you know, questions comes up, then, you know, the Holy Spirit opens it up. But it's so important that everything that we, because we speak from the authority of the word of God, it's not, it's not, it's not our opinion. I, mm, I really yes. don't want to to say anything that is not in the word. Mm, um, mm. Really trying to build that foundation. I know that is there is grace for people who've gone through a divorce. I know there is grace for people who are in a situation where their life are threatened, and there are answers for that. And 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 me personally, I don't really believe. We don't actually believe that. You know, uh, one needs to stick it up and, you know, stay when your life is threatened and people are uh, physically abused. You know, that's a very controversial conversation mm. among the church. And mm. it's something that when we approach it, we will have to come, you know, with, with, with our hearts open and, mm. you know, trusting God that God can give answers that mm. are from good without also you know, taking away the authority of the scriptures. But thank well, you I so can't much agree more. for organizing this. No, th thank you so much. You know what I would really like? I, I'm so excited about this because it's creating a safe space yeah. because God has been boxed in for way too long in a realm in the church or um, Sundays only, and God wants to be part of our everyday life. Yeah. And divorce yeah. is part of everyday life. So if we can create a safe space to have these tough questions 
brought to the table, align it under the umbrella of God's word, aligning it with his truth. I'm 100% convinced that he's going to bring such revelation in this communication because he's a relational God. And I think about the way that Job struggles with the Lord. Mm. Jacob wrestled with him. And I think these are things that we need to wrestle out and invite God into the conversations about this so that he can have the final say. Amen. Amen. So thank you for your time. Thank you, everyone, for attending. Uh, we would really appreciate it if you can just give me a bit of feedback, maybe on WhatsApp after this, to know if it was valuable, if the time is fine. If you can give us feedback, we would really like to make this something practical, realistic, spiritual, um, life. It, it needs to be transformational. I really want this space to be a transformational space and forum for lives to be touched. Amen. So please give us your feedback so that we can really work on this. It's not my idea or John's idea or Cecile, Cecilia's idea. This, this is God's heart for healing. And he needs to hear from you because it's a conversation between us and God. This is not a one-way condemnation message. It's a conversation that God wants to have with us and for us to have a conversation with him in essence. And, and I think that's God's heart is to have a relationship with us in the midst of brokenness and in the midst of chaos and in the midst of all of these questions sometimes that we have. I am convinced that he's going to provide us with answers. Amen. Thank you so much, <laughs> Thank you, Brother Freak, for um, for hosting us uh, there. Yes. And thank you for everyone. And unfortunately, my wife also needs to leave. Um, she has to go and work now. <laughs> yes. she, she, she's doing a night shift tonight. Yeah. So, but thank you also. To thank her. you for your time. I just want to close off with a short prayer, if that's okay with everyone. Amen. Oh, Lord, Father, we just want to honor you this evening for opening up this platform, Father, so that we can hear your heart. We just invite the Holy Spirit, Father, into this platform, into further conversations, and to everyone that listens to this, Father, that they may hear your heart. Through the words that we speak, may this really affect and transform lives. We want to honor you for your love for the blood of your son that came to really set us free from our sin. So teach these things, Father, work in our hearts when we think about this message and we go think about everything that's been said. May your spirit just reveal your truth to us in the, in, in the moments to follow and in the week to follow, Father. We honor you and we love you and we just want to say safe travels for everyone. Lord, bless everyone where they're traveling. Bless them in their woundedness. And may you bring healing, Father, in each one of us on a very individual and a very personal level. We honor you, Father, and we love you. Amen.